T-E-A-M, team. He's going to do what's best for the team. And I just don't think he had much. Did that come out right? T-E-A-M. No, you spelled it right. Team. going on nick oh andrew it's been a hell of a weekend we finally i think every single time we do one of these shows we start off with like oh how's the weather and whatnot i was baking in the sun this weekend yeah it was brutal it it was nice broke in the the brother's new pool this week and it was got some sun i worked but other than that got some i'm a little burnt but summer Summer's finally here, especially after last weekend, two weekends ago, where you know we had a freaking tsunami pull through. It was here. awful. It, it oh, was awful. Sun, Sunday night, I had to drive down to Fairfield. Yeah. Oh, I was driving a speedboat. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember you texted me last week because <laughs> I had asked you a question. I think it might have been something about like... Uh... Oh, about the office space? Yeah. And yeah. you were like, sorry, I've been hung over. And Rough I'm like... Night. Hung over. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Did you start drinking at like eight o'clock in the morning? <laughs> no, no. Had a just good Memorial Day, though. Very good. Uh, yeah, great Memorial Day. Real, yeah. real, real terrific. You have to take advantage of the days off. That's why. Way to kick off the summer this weekend. Yes. But uh, a, a way not to kick off the summer is seeing that Julio Jones signed with the Titans. I was. Also thinking about asking the other day if you wanted to record an emergency episode because, uh, yeah, New England didn't get him. He ended up going to the Titans. And if he had signed with New England, obviously. He but he didn't really go for much and definitely not a first round pick. And that automatically tells you that, yes, they were in the running for him. They just didn't. It's the money. But it didn't really seem like there was a lot of reports afterwards because he went for. You go for a second this year and then a fourth next year. And then I yeah. think Atlanta also threw in a sixth round pick, which in 2023, I think. Yeah. That's yeah. just yeah. roster fodder at that point. It pro- probably because Atlanta literally needs to get rid of future draft picks because they can't afford to sign their current ones. But, but that's the, the rumor was it was a first round pick they were looking for. I so didn't, was, I didn't think for, for one second, I did not think that they were going to be yeah. getting first round picks when, when the original, rumors started coming out where they said they want a first they'll settle for a second that Mm -hmm. immediately indicated to me that they weren't going to get a first round pick because i think post june one which we're in that post june first window now Mm -hmm. if they had just cut him they could have done that they wouldn't have gotten anything in return so i guess anything is better than nothing but i don't know i i don't think the patriots seem to be uh that interested because it didn't take much to get them Definitely think, I definitely think it was the fifteen million. I don't know how much of a big. I don't think Bill wanted to really pay that. They were definitely obvious. I think they were going to try to restructure it as much as they can. Julio probably wasn't willing to do that, but what I think their cap right now is fourteen. I think I think that's how much they have left. Depending yeah. on who that, depending on who they cut, you know. Yeah, they definitely would the have future. had to. They would have had to move some money around somewhere, and I, I don't. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't see Belichick wanting to pay one receiver 15 million a year. The cap hits are different 
because I think that Nelson Aguilar has a cap hit of like 12 million this year, but most of it's probably coming from a signing bonus. He's probably not making that much in a salary. Again, the, why can't every league just be like the NHL where you sign a contract, the contract is guaranteed, you get all the money spread out through the years that you've signed for, and you play out the contract until you hit free agency. That, that just kind of seems to me like it would be the simplest way of doing things. I get it in the NFL, guys get injured more often, so you wouldn't want to sign someone to like a seven-year contract and they get injured in the second year of the deal, never mm-hmm. play again. But I don't know, aren't there insurance companies? It's not like these guys don't make enough money where they can't afford to, to pay out an injury settlement of some sort. So I got an interesting question for you. I don't know how interesting, but so Nelson Aguilar, we signed him for a two-year deal worth up to $24 million, right? Mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne to, uh, excuse me, three-year deal for $15 million. A lot of people have said that we overpaid for those two receivers. Was Do you agree 15, with that? Was that fifteen million per year or fifteen million total for Bourne? A three-year worth up to fifteen million, so total, yeah, for Bourne. Okay, so like five a year. Definitely, yeah. definitely didn't overpay for Bourne, and I can't, I can't tell you that much about Kendrick Bourne. I mm. up until we looked at free agent receivers, I didn't even know that he was a guy in the league. Um, Aguilar is a tricky one because. I actually liked Nelson Aguilar when he was in Philadelphia. I didn't have a huge, I think he was originally drafted by Tennessee. Actually I've enjoyed his style or his game. I just, I I never thought he was this big, like he's just going to drop balls all the time. Like that, the, the classic video of the guy who, was like saving children in Philadelphia. And he was like, yep, I was catching the babies. I'm like, Aguilar, <laughs> just like <Yeah. laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> but they may have overpaid for Aguilar. I don't know if you would need to give him double digits uh, just because I don't think the production is going to be there. I don't think it has ever been there. Yeah. Five million a year for Bourne. I don't have a problem with that one. So if we're talking 17 million each season, to split up between two receivers and we wanted to call it like eight and a half each. Yeah. Well, so Bourne is coming off a season and this is from the Patriots wire, uh, 49 catches for 667 yards and two touchdowns. And as they, uh, state in their article on a team, obviously that was dealing with quarterback injuries for most of the year. Again, that's from the Patriots wire on usatoday.com. Got to make sure we don't copyright. Did Masala sure write that one? Masala writes for that website. No, oh, Henry McKenna. McKenna. Oh. Yeah. I, I did not I... know that. Masala's on the Patriots wire. Yeah. You know what? Quick update on the Twitter feed. Three followers now. Whoa. Mike, Mas- Mike Masala gave me a follow. Yes. Yes. I told that? him. I told him because I told him the Spike King story. You didn't retweet properly. You, what do you mean you, I didn't re- retweet you properly? Retweeted, you retweeted my tweet saying you had to retweet his tweet. Oh, uh, That's so I why didn't, he didn't follow you. Oh, uh, what the hell? <laughs> I, I unfollowed him. <laughs> I was like, you, you know, got 24 hours, Spike. Yeah, you're, not, you're, you're really not missing much. He, he got into a, an online tiff with Dante Hightower's wife, though, because he's been saying that Hightower's not coming back. That he's going to retire because he was thinking about retiring. Oh, and, my, and yeah, Hightower's wife was like, "Who are you?" 
<laughs> yeah, and he was like, I'm a beat reporter on the inside circle. I don't think you can get much more inside beat, than someone's beat, wife. A beat reporter for a media company that you started. But hey, you know, credit out there. It's, we're trying to do the same thing, but I'm not going to get yeah. into a Twitter fight with any of the players' wives. Maybe um, oh, man. Stop. <laughs> uh, just a... Uh, a hearty impression of Kennedy Stidham. Anything to just brighten your day. It's funny. It's perfect. It's funny. It's hilarious. Uh, but be- who are we talking about? Born. So, yeah, again, on a team where quarterback injuries were all over the place. You didn't have Garoppolo or anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say overpaid for Aguilar. And you didn't overpay for Born. Uh, I actually, I thought Born was a two-year deal for $15 million. He's three years. That's not bad at all because some of these receivers like green and everybody else, they signed like five, $6 million contracts. Yeah. It's uh, so, which brings to the point of what do you have overpaid for Julio or not paying for Julio? That's the weird thing is we say, people are saying we overpaid for these two, but for Julio 15 is too much. I don't know. Well, I think because you also would have, even if it was only a second round pick, you would have had to give up yeah. draft capital as well. So you're giving something to get something, and then you have to pay on top of that. I, I can yeah, see yeah. why people would, would, would hesitate on it. But um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I actually heard last week, which is very interesting, and if you look back at really the, in, the entirety of the, the last two decades of the Patriots, the wide receiver position, it's not just that Belichick has a difficult time drafting and developing it. Mm-hmm. It's that they really don't invest in it that much. And someone made a point, I think it might've been Mike Flynn was talking about this saying in order for a wide receiver to be great, any wide receiver, you could be Odell Beckham, Jerry Rice, or Nikhil Harry. Everybody else on that team has to do their job effectively for you to be able to even get a chance to do your job. Ball gets snapped. The offensive line has to, block long enough so that you can get open and then the quarterback's got to find the open receiver and the other receivers have to run their routes properly so it opens up coverage and then the quarterback's got to get the ball to use in a spot where you can finally have a chance at making a catch so right if you don't have all those other pieces working what's the point of having the receiver yeah and especially in a year where is it going to be cam newton is it Mac Jones? Is Mac Jones ready to play? You know, he had the best wide receiver core in in, uh, in college football. A lot of moving uh, moving pieces and a lot of different factors to play in. But that tells me to kill Harry still going to be on the roster. whoop de deal well, And so is Gunner, but Gunner's a punt returner. So. Yeah. They're thin. They're thin at wide receiver, but with the addition of Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry – I think their passing game is still going to be a lot more competent than it was last year. Um, hopefully, Hunt, hopefully Henry can stay healthy. There's yeah, a, that's that's the big question mark with him because yeah. he's had a checkered pass with with the Chargers. Almost called them San Diego. Right. Uh, so yeah, San I mean, Diego, yeah, Wales vagina. I think it means Saint David. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doesn't. No, I'm pretty sure it does. The um, but the tight end situation was a disaster last year. It was a disaster two years ago. It's been a disaster since Gronkowski left. 
Yep. And you're not only replacing one guy at one position, you're kind of replacing two positions on the offense. Not that they're every single set they're going to have is going to be some form of like 21 personnel where they got two tight ends and then two running backs or mm-hmm. whatever 21 personnel actually means. I just said that to sound smart. I don't know what I'm talking about. The tight ends are going to have There's to. There's the intro. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, that's a good one. Unless, the, something, unless you got something better cooked up. I mean, we'll, you're on a roll here. Yeah, we'll see. But the tight ends are going to have to figure out a way to be involved in the blocking game and be competent pass catchers. Because I think this is going to be a run-first offense. Whether Cam Newton is the quarterback, Mac Jones is the quarterback, Stidham sticks around or Hoyer sticks around. I think they're going to be looking to use their running backs uh, more frequently than they're going to be trying to throw the ball outside the numbers to, to wide receivers. Slot receivers might be different, obviously, but yeah, because their running back room, it's stacked. Like it's really good. And it's yeah. not just good based off of like reputation. It's a good room. It's a good room. If you start off with, we'll say Damian Harris is their, their starter, uh, oh, more of sure. like a, between the tackles, but I think he's got potential to bounce things outside. Sony Michelle obviously is a former first round pick in the last year of his contract. He's going to have to prove something to, to the entire league. If he wants to continue to, and let's say trade him. Yep. There were, there were rumors that, and I, I wanted to say this. I wanted to say this when we were talking about Julio, the last podcast, I, Put put Sony Michelle in that type of package, and I read it. At, I didn't say it during the podcast. I read it after. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Meant to say that. Georgia guy too. Yep, that would would have worked Damn. out. Would have been quote unquote going home. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you also hey, got Stevenson. Go yeah. <laughs> Go no, I was, I was just saying they drafted they drafted that guy Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. who's like a bowling ball. He's not going to be much of a pass catcher. The only guy they have in the backfield nowadays who seems like he's going to be a, a like a third down back of some sort mm-hmm. is James White, and James White is no spring chicken. Like he's getting kind of right. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you only signed him to a one year deal too, and now you have no more Rex Burkhead. He signed with uh, with the Texans over the weekend. I think mm-hmm. that was at some point last week over the weekend, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also he's. He tore his ACL in the middle of the season last year. So, were you going to have him to begin with? Obviously not. Maybe midseason. Um, the kid from Oklahoma is mm-hmm. supposed to be uh, comparable to Legarrette Blunt. You got JJ Taylor, who you saw for about five minutes against Miami, who a little like uh, Darren Sproles. Yeah. yeah, smaller guy. Smaller. Yeah, a um, little Dion Lewis to him, yep. which you also kind of have in Harris. Yeah, a run first team with two premier tight ends. There's so much. And a strong offensive line. Like their offensive line, I think, is one of the best units if it stays healthy. One of the best units in the NFL. Even with even with the moving pieces from last year when you were shifting guys around and you know, you had guys out and in different weeks. That was one of the best, the third best thing about that team last year. Outside of the punter and the kicker. Outside of the punter and the kicker. Yeah. Special teams, special teams, special teams are important though. They are, they're very important, but you know, getting back into the Julio Jones discussion, let's say they were to acquire him for a second round pick and they gave up a fourth Julio Jones comes back in. He's not playing under that tag. You got to restructure him because 
to my knowledge, they're still in the process of OTAs. I don't know if they're, they're actively practicing right now, but I don't think Stefan Gilmore has shown up to practice yet. He's probably skipped no, out. On a lot the, of guys. Uh, yeah. And I also don't know if he's going to really show up to practice in July, if he's still only going to be making seven and a half million. There's, there's like no news on that front. And I think Gilmore can still play. I think that because you only have JC Jackson on a one-year deal, there's no guarantee that he's here long-term. You, you might want to allocate a little bit more money to Stefan Gilmore and, and lock him up for another couple of seasons. And by not acquiring Julio Jones, I think there's a, a stronger indication that New England is going to be making a move with, with Gilmore in the future. It's going to be interesting to see how, because the interesting thing about this roster is at so many different, at a lot of different positions, like tight end, you, you have two kids you just drafted, Asiasi and Keen, and then you also have Matt Lacoste coming back. You have the two you just signed, Henry. Who are you going to keep? Who's going to get cut? What are you going to get from it? It's a lot of, uh, it's, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because, again, they only have 14 million left. So how much do you really have to spend on Gilmore as of right now? You have what, enough to lock him up for one more year, which is what you just threw more money at him to play last season. Then again, that's why I don't understand the NFL salary cap because it's not like he's lost money. He's in the final year of a contract that he signed, which was a very lucrative deal when he signed it four years ago, five years ago now. I don't understand why like, oh, my paycheck is going to only be like $250,000 a week instead of a million dollars a week. You you had all that signing bonus money that you got last year. So now you need like a, more money to do a job. Again, the contracts in the NFL, they suck. A team yeah. can say as soon as your guarantee is up, you're done. We don't mm-hmm. owe you a damn thing. And a player doesn't really have the ability to reciprocate that move other than holding out. So You know what I was kind of reading? That's like kind of what happened with Sanu when he got cut during camp last year. And he got like three million, just for just for what he did, just for everything in like 2019. So you're right. It's it's yeah, you're guaranteed a certain amount, and you know the team's gonna save seven million on uh, you know, cutting Sanu in camp. But here you go. Here's three point eight million. Which I say that like that's nothing. They like three three million. Yeah, whatever. It's I do. I think yeah, three and a half million or three three point eight million. It's it's like two hundred thousand dollars a week for a seventeen week season. You know what? On that note, I would, uh, well, on the subject, I should say, for league minimum, sign me. I'd get my ass kicked in practice like every day to make like 500 grand. Oh, yeah. Practice sign me squad. Up. I, I would, I would play, I would spend 20 years in the NFL on a practice squad if it meant I got $300,000 a year. That's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine with me. You could kick my ass for that much money. Sure. Definitely not guaranteed, though. So if you get injured in practice, you're 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 toast. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. You know what we need, Andrew? We need to find someone that we can have like on speed dial that can answer every single collective bargaining agreement question we have in regards to the National Football League. Yeah, like a hotline. Yeah. Like the one that I'm staring at right now that could go off at any second. Like yes. it has before yes. Yes. and it has, and it has in the last like one or two episodes. So 
keep uh, keep our fingers crossed. You know, if it does, I'm just going to let it happen. You have to. Who's listening anyways? You and me. <laughs> exactly. You, me, and my three followers on Insta- uh, not Instagram. Instagram, I got many, but well, not many. Probably more than me. Like 200. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's probably more than me. Influencer. At yeah. some point, I will be. It's what everybody's shooting for nowadays. It's what it's what happened with the pandemic. You, you, we've all figured out new ways to TikTok. Exactly. Well, TikTok gonna... not really a strength of mine. Oh no, me neither. I've never I've never attempted it. Uh, Instagram also not really a strength of mine though. I'm not a very visual graphic person. I like the words. That's why I'm a, I'm into Twitter. Twitter is yeah. a lot more fun. Right. It's also much more dangerous. It is, you know people oh another thing on twitter i've gotten like random likes from people about my the bruins stuff like i'll tweet during a game Mm. you like my content but just throw a follow while we're at it too i got more stuff you can even hear me talk on there if you want to the 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 suggestion i would make although i wouldn't get in the habit of this i didn't do it i i still don't do it anytime some stranger likes a tweet of yours for some reason, follow them, see if they follow you back. And then like a week later, stop following them. Just, <laughs> just to, I mean, it's, it's a game that you play. Well, I'd have to hold them to the spike King rules. It's 24 hours, 24, you got yeah, one, 24 hours. For the you got one day. You got one day. That's all you're getting there. Yeah. All right. Well, back to the Patriots. Uh, Cam Newton left with an injury on uh, what? Saturday. I think it was Friday, Thursday Friday. or Friday. So, and like I, the most, I saw more headlines and tweets and posts about like basically saying Mac Jones is stepping up. He's getting his chance with Cam Newton hurt rather than just like what the actual injury was. I saw more of that than I saw Cam Newton leaves OTAs with an injury. And honestly, it's freaking OTAs. This isn't Bledsoe getting knocked, you know, out in the Jets game, and then Brady coming in. I'm ha- Yes, there's more. There's definitely more time that Mac is getting in practice. But what are we like freaking out over here? It's I don't think it's anything serious, and we're in June, so Newton's got time to Newton's got time to heal, and he's got time to get better. And if it's not that serious, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, what are we like freaking out over? Well, I think the you freak out because when you hear anything that has to do with the throwing hand or the, the right arm of a, of a quarterback or the right shoulder of a quarterback, you get a little I retract worried. my statement. <laughs> completely, completely forgot that one. Throwing hands. Well, I retract my statement. That is but, worthy to freak out over. But, but again, it's the guy can't throw the ball anyway. So what is he really missing out on? Yeah. Like, so I, don't think that it is a slight bone bruise as it was reported. It does mm. sound to me like it's more some type of tendon or ligament damage between his thumb and index finger, yeah. which is important if you're going to go football. If that were to be the end and he were to have to go under the knife, which it doesn't seem like that's going to be. Uh, yeah, I feel like we would have known that by now. Yeah, they probably would have said something unless yeah. they're trying to keep it hush hush 
Or it could also be that he needs it. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it because I'm not going for another surgery. I'll try and tough it out. I'll do whatever I can. And if I fail a physical down the road after you guys cut me, then fine, I'll go get the surgery and that'll be my career. But Cam's been dealing with a lot of bad breaks over the last couple of seasons. A lot of bad breaks. The injury to his throwing hand during OTAs, not so sure it's a bad break for the Patriots. Yeah. It's remember when Brady in 2017, uh, what did he do? He smacked his hand into one of the running backs. It was Burkhead. I think he, he was like going for his hand open. I don't think he went under the, like he didn't really get anything. It was his left hand. I think it got caught in like the clip. And oh, the just split, right? the helmet or something. And yeah, where like his, the bottom of his thumb was, they did that KT tape. Yeah. And everybody was freaking out because he, he was wearing the gloves and stuff. Yeah, wearing gloves and like like Bucky in the Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Always wearing, <laughs> not exactly just wearing like one, it. not just wearing one glove for the middle hand, two gloves. I never <laughs> got that. Yeah. I never got that. It's a yeah, and it was the same thing with Brady. He's got the injury on one hand, but he's showing up to the press conference indoors. By the way, with yeah, two gloves with, on with two. It's like everybody knows. It's whether it's one or two, they know something is wrong with your hand, and it's not a case of which one is it. They know which one it is. But we, unless this was a significant injury and Newton was going to be out for months, yeah, and puts him behind the eight ball, like with what happened last year with COVID, where. He couldn't really participate in the off-season practices. Mm-hmm. You're not really going to miss anything because they're going to go away for a couple more weeks and then come back for training camp. And then they'll start with preseason games. I mean, if this is like a four to six week pain tolerance type thing, and maybe he can't throw a football in, in the meantime, yeah, it's going to be a setback. Hey, you want to talk about, since we're on the topic of quarterbacks, uh, you want to talk about what McDaniels had to say about uh, Newton over the weekend? I didn't. Was it not injury related stuff? Was no. It... This I think pretty sure this was pre injury. Not over the weekend. This might have been like Thursday. Um, but uh, this is from NBC Sports Boston uh, per Bill Perry. Nice little article that he wrote. Uh, he's worked really hard, and he worked hard all year last year, and. Go on, goes on to say, uh, you know, how Cam was at a disadvantage last season coming into the offense without a proper offseason and uh, still being able to kind of wrap his head around the offense as much as he could. Mm. You want to know something funny? There was another quarterback that switched teams and had to <laughs> integrate a new offseason in a non-traditional time. It's very true, but he's also the we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. So. We are. That's but that's why <laughs> like I'm not buying that excuse like, oh, yeah. Well, he yeah, yeah, this yeah. was an abnormal offseason for Cam. He didn't have a lot. No, he's just not good anymore. He's not good anymore. He can't throw. Yeah. yeah. The off having an offseason, maybe he would have been better. Because again, like the team, as bad as the team was last year, seven and nine for an NFL team without a good quarterback. It's actually not a bad record. A lot of the times those teams go like four and 12 and you were competitive for a playoff spot up until the final month. You just 
A lot of bad breaks. A lot of bad breaks. A lot, a lot of bad breaks. Of, you know what would help? Not losing five games by only a touchdown or less. Mm. That would help. So you weren't terrible. You were on the cusp of being. I don't they want were, people. You know, who cares? Nobody's going to listen anyways. Yeah, you were on the cusp of being a wild card team, but that's about it. Yeah. B- borderline wild card team. You were hanging around for most of the season, and especially because they they started having an extra wild card team make it. So now there's three teams, I think, yeah. that that make it, and then the three division winners, right? North, South, East, Buffalo. You should have won in Buffalo. They could have won in Buffalo, but I don't expect them to beat the Bills because I think the Bills are a better team. You're talking about this year? Even last year. I think I think, I think think they have a better chance this year. But uh, This yeah. year they've got a better chance, but yeah. I, in Buffalo, I would take the Bills. In New England, I still think I'm probably leaning Bills just because I don't know what to expect with this team this year. I I, I don't know what they're going to play. I don't know what they're. Yeah. I yeah. think their offense is going to be a little run heavy, but we'll certainly figure that more out when we get to uh, see who's going to be the quarterback week one. But we're a ways away from that. Uh, but back to Newton. What was I going to say with McDaniel's talking about him? Oh well, it's kind of like yeah, touche. I mean, Brady had the same off season, even though he was working out quite a little bit, meeting with his. Uh, Walking into wrong houses, meeting with his offensive coordinator, and uh, bags of footballs and dropping off playbooks. And can you imagine being that guy? And just like Tom Brady randomly walks into your house, what do you do? I'd shit a brick, but like, what do you do? Um, I don't even understand how that story happened because. I, I, it's not Canada. Like people don't just leave their doors unlocked. Did he knock? Did he ring the doorbell or did no, he, he just, just he just, literally just walked into a house that he thought belonged to Brian, Byron Leftwich? Just walked right into the house. And the guy was just like, hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Can I help you? Who are, yeah. can, you imagine, can you imagine if Brady walked in and this guy had no clue? Just who are you? Because there, are, I've met people like that. Like, I remember one of my bosses for my job that I had in high school. I was working the day that Brady got suspended for uh, deflate gate. Oh, awful and this was, so this was heading into 20, this was heading into the 2016 season. And uh, I think, yeah, it would have been the summer of 2015. No, no, actually this was the first time around. So heading into 2015. Yep. So this was getting suspended, but then appealing it. But anywho, I was, I looked at my boss and I was like, Oh man, Tom Brady just got suspended four games. And he was like, who? That's bullshit. I just, I, I swear to God, dude, that's bullshit. I swear, I swear to Christ, I swear, swear what, to God. What were you doing for a job? Working in like a, a coal mine or something? No, I was working in a uh, shipping and receiving department for this company of a uh, f- uh, family friend. And but he I, had no idea who you're, that this boss had no idea who Tom Brady was. As I remember, he was just like, what? Who? And I was mm. like, my God, guy, come on. Like, you know, I'm not asking you to remember what his stats were from like 2004, but Jesus, come on. You, yeah, that's, like, that's a tough one. Really? 
Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't say that Tom Brady is the most recognizable Boston athlete. It's probably David Ortiz, but yeah, yeah, it would be pretty difficult to to at least not hear the name Tom Brady and be like, oh, Patriots quarterback. Oh yeah, that guy. Or football player. Super Bowls, championships, seven of them. Winner, beautiful human being, but hate him. Still hate him. He's got a butt of a chin. It's a Monday, man. We got to start doing these it's, on the weekends. We, yeah, we 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 <laughs> we're gonna figure we'll we'll figure something out. We'll we'll definitely you figure know, something out. We started it off good, and then we just kind of started to get off track. That's what happened when you. I don't know. The quarterback situation in New England, though, does seem to be. All right, let me ask you a question then. Let's say Cam Newton's injured. And you've got three quarterbacks in the room that you can do the first two weeks of training camp with. Mm-hmm. How do you think they're going to split up the reps? Ooh, I think that, you know, from the way that Belichick has been speaking about Mac Jones, I think Mac gets, gets the uh, reps with the starters. Okay. Which I, I, I think that's, I'd love to hear that. And I think Hoyer gets number two. To be a little, maybe just to be a little closer to Mac. You know, mm-hmm. Max, that's the first guy that Mac is going to watch after he is done. And I think just, I, 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 again, it's so hard because what is Stidham's value? I can't, I can't wrap my head around why we still, People I don't, I just don't, I don't know. Pretty good last week. They said that he was spinning the ball pretty well. He was, I think, 10 of 11 or 13 of 14 on seven. Right, but his only competition is Mac Jones. So if it's a case of where it's just going to be Hoyer is the quarterback that doesn't dress and Newton for whatever reason doesn't start week one or is cut or Belichick just says away with everything that he said about Cam Newton and Mac Jones is the starter and it's Stidham and him that dress. I don't know. We said this a couple episodes ago. You just what why we not why are we keeping him around but why are we keeping him around other than just we're getting another look at him right he hasn't shown you anything has he gotten a couple of fair chances yes and no could he have gotten some more chances yes but belichick's not the guy to just throw it away he's gonna do what he thinks he you know t-e-a-m team he's gonna do what's best for the team and i just don't think he had much did that come out right? T E A M. No, you spelled it right. Team. E sounded a little weird to me. Um, he didn't have much to work with. It was going to be the same outcome regardless of who it was. Yeah. Regardless of if it was you and me that was out there throwing the ball. <laughs> Quote unquote throwing. Uh, I'd like to think that you and I could have been able to keep track of how much time was left on the clock in Kansas City, at least. That's very true. <laughs> Probably very, would, yeah. wouldn't have been able to get the team down there into the goal line, but wouldn't have lost track. of No, I still probably would have lost track of time. Actually. Hey, you you made, you made the switch at halftime. Stidham made it interesting. Uh, One interception was on his, was on him. One interception wasn't is what it is. Nobody was expecting that. I sure, I sure as hell wasn't expecting that. And that's, but that's the thing with Stidham. It's you throw him out there because there is no competition left in the game. I can't think of, a single game that he's played in where his snaps really had significant value to determine the win and a loss. 
Uh, has he ever played more than a half? Like, has he ever done what Garoppolo did when Brady would play week 17, like two series, and then Garoppolo comes in halfway through the first quarter and finishes off the, the, the season? No. Talking, talking about the regular season, that half that he played against Kansas City, I'm pretty sure that's the longest half of football he's played in the NFL. It has to be. Yeah. It's probably the longest. The only two times. It would times be the I, longest half, the longest time he's played in like three years. The only college. time I can, yeah, the only times I can think about other other than that, than when Stidham has been thrown in, San Diego, pretty sure that wasn't even for a full fourth quarter. He threw one touchdown, but again, a game that was already over. Um, the Jets in 2019, he threw two picks. Pretty sure they were two pick sixes. And uh, against the 49ers last year when we were getting our asses kicked. Yeah, that wasn't a good day for Cam. So when it comes down to the quarterback, it's like, oh, okay, Stidham looked good. We said that last year. We kind of hinted at it a little bit in 2019 when we drafted him. It's Did they need to say it last year, though? Because you didn't have anybody. Well, I mean, you signed Cam Newton, but realistically, it was going to be But in mid-July. Yeah, it was going to be Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. So hearing positive things about Jarrett Stidham serves the team well. Yeah. I don't think that those positive things are really happening. Uh, Just like I don't, just like I don't really think that the 11 of 14 or 13 of 14 and doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't matter. I don't care what he does in practice, what he does in shells, Mm -hmm. put on some pads, do it on a Sunday. It's all. And you know what is the crazier part is you can say the same thing about Mac Jones. But there's more. There's I think there's more hope uh, with Jones. There's definitely more upside. Yeah, definitely more upside. This is it goes back to what Sosi of ninety eight five said. You know, there's there's quite the difference between the third year fourth round guy and the first year first round guy. It says a lot. Yeah. Again, what is Stidham's competition? Should be himself at this point. Yeah. You're doing what you should have been doing last year, but Bill still has a hair across his ass for you. So, you know, I'm pretty sure every single podcast we've talked about, we always end on the conversation of who the hell is the quarterback going to be? Because that's the only question that matters in the NFL. It's that is is, that is the the question. Every it's what everybody in in these this region has been asking for the last two years. Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to replace Brady? We, we had a full season without Tom Brady. We saw him win a Super Bowl with another team. And we're still like, yeah, but I mean, how, what's their team going to look like now? What, what are the Patriots going to do at quarterback? Who, who's going to stay healthy? Who's going to – you never had a – you had 20 years where every single question you could have possibly had was, was answered. It's, so- uh, it's going well. It's going in the right direction, as we always say. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. There's been progress made with the drafting of Mac Jones. And the reports that I've heard and and stuff that I've read does seem to indicate that he tends to be a little bit more cerebral than the other guys. He's not afraid to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Again, he's not doing this against NFL talent. He's doing yeah. it against 
guys in shorts. But Bill is speaking. It's very different than what it was on draft night. You know, oh, Cam's our quarterback. He's, you know, someone's got to play better than him. And now he's really talking about Mac as, you know, yeah, he's really studying. He's really working hard. You know, he's producing well. And, and again, what he can attain, the knowledge that he's uh, absorbing from others and what the offense is. Good upside. It's it's pro- it's more progress, more progress from the words of Bill than I thought we were going to get based off what he said draft night. Yeah, I mean, the one one thing that I've never understood about Bill Belichick is why would you talk poorly about your players in the media if you're the one that's picking them? And you're the one that's coaching them. Isn't it just an indication that you're kind of like what Bruce Arians did for the first couple of weeks until Brady of, said, shut your mouth kind I'm of running this team. And I think that there's a happy medium because sometimes you do need to talk about your players performance to the media so that they know they're being held accountable. Yeah. But certain players need that. Yeah, you, you, there's no reason to like bring a guy in with a first round pick and, and start saying, well, he's got a lot of room to grow and he needs to do this. He needs to do this. He needs to yeah. get, he needs to do this. That's kind of like the whole point of being a rookie is you learn what to do. Yeah. Like, did you read uh, did you read what? I forget what podcast settlement it was on, but he was talking about one time and it was pretty recent. It was in 2017. Remember, he got into a fight with us, Stefan Gilmore. I remember vaguely. Yeah, in training camp. That was, unfortunately, the year that Brady, that uh, Edelman tore his ACL in that Detroit preseason game. But they got into a fight in training camp. And Edelman this week, uh, this week, this past week, was talking about uh, how, um, you know, <laughs> Belichick, like, rousted him in the, uh, in the film room for that. Like, oh, you tough guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, he does it in the film room, and that's where it needs to happen. And it doesn't. It's whether it's during a play or whether it's, oh, it was on Chris Long's podcast. Um, or you getting into a fight. It's guys need it in the media, but it mostly happens in the film room. But again, it's not surprising, but just we're getting a lot more from Bill and what he's seeing from Mac. And it's been nothing but positive. But I don't think that's, again, just him pumping in a mop and like, you know, kind of like what they were doing for Stidham last year. But it wasn't Bill saying that. It was freaking McCordy and a couple other players. Yeah, okay. Why do you think they were saying it, though? I'm not saying that Belichick told them to say it. Yeah. But. I don't know. You're not going to. It's just. It's probably not a good idea to be talking poorly about the guy right. whose responsibility it is to get you the football. Or I guess in the McCordy's yeah. case, it wouldn't be directly affecting them. But. But then it just doesn't add up to like what the hell happened with Stenham over the season, going to weddings down down in Texas. I just he's down not big, good. Big old Texas. He's just not good. He's not good enough. I don't think that's, he is. That's okay. It's fine. He can live with it. We had that. Ryan Mallett on the team for I think three years. He was terrible. He fell off. Oh man, Ryan yeah. Mallett just went. Well, I don't. I don't even. Haven't heard about him. I don't think all. he's in the league anymore. No, he isn't. I think the last time, I think he actually, I think he's on a spring football team, one of the, the spring league teams. I think, a, I want to say Masala tweeted that out. He's not that old. I think he was drafted in 2000. No, he was just a weird dude. 
He was yeah. all he was all upset when Hoyer. I remember watching uh that season of Hard Knocks, uh, with the Texans, and Hoy- Mallet just didn't show up for a couple of days when they named Hoyer the starter. <laughs> he didn't have to. He didn't he just, need to work towards anything. He's like, I'm getting the week off. Hey, he's he's a an out there individual. Strand uh, arm talent. Nick, you got your Bruins hat on again. What's going on tonight? Anything? What's happening? Game game five. They did not play well on Saturday night. You don't. You said that kind of like game five's going on. Well, because um, I don't have. I, all right, I'll put a little bit more energy in my take. They. I don't have a lot of confidence in this team right now. Right now, I don't. The way that they performed in game four, back in New New York, Uniondale, wherever the fuck it is that the Coliseum, playing, Coliseum, the barn, they. They didn't really seem to have a whole lot of energy. They weren't really getting to loose pucks first. They weren't really winning battles. Like the things that you need to do, the difference between having skill and being talented yeah. and winning is just like the extra effort that you put in. And I didn't see it from Boston. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not directly related to the number of injuries that they've suffered. Yeah. You know, you're out to right shot defensemen. You are probably playing with a couple of guys that are banged up. Craig Smith missed one of the games. He came back and, and looked pretty good, but then that line was kind of non-existent. In not having four. Carlo. Not having Carlo is huge. It, it's it's it, it's going to and Rask has looked very good. Rask has played really well. I I don't think you've lost. You definitely didn't lose, lose that last game. Or even the first game against the uh, the second game against the Islanders, excuse me. Yeah, he's been on fire. Good. He's yeah. he's in it. He's in it. He, you are about as close as you can get to perfection with yeah. what the performances that Rask has been giving you. Like overtime, overtime on Thursday night. Oh, here's the oh balls. Man. Yeah, steady hand. And then he got that sharp uh sharp shooter Marshan. i don't know how the hell he scored that i don't know how the hell he got that my god it was just a lucky lucky I, shot i but still like i i fell asleep before overtime happened and i nice. woke up and i was like oh man overtime yeah i know right great bronze <laughs> fan over here so i woke hey but woke up at a good time obviously and i was like oh all right overtime and i'm like trying not to doze off and i'm like stay up stay up stay up stay up and then, like, I saw a great save by Rask, and I was like, ooh, okay, all right, all right. And then Marshan's goal friggin' woke me up. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see that he had scored until he had came right around the net. Didn't because realize that. It was such a bad angle shot, and you didn't, yeah. didn't really see it go in. Right. I mean, I was – the TV I was watching it on is, like, three feet from my face. Mm-hmm. So I saw it very clearly, but it, it was it, – it, they were fortunate and then, but they didn't play well in the next game. Nope. You can't, you can't put back to back poor performances together in the playoffs and expect to win. It's just not going to work out. Not against these teams. They're too good. They're too good. But yeah, we got game five tonight. Like, I think I figured the Islanders were going to get them. Uh, we're going to make it interesting, but now yeah. we're past making it interesting. Yeah, this we we have confirmed that the series is going to be a long series. It's going to go at least six. Let's try and take care of business as soon as possible. Can't lose tonight. It's obvious. But uh, 
that's that's gonna do it. Yep. Still gonna work on the the landing. The, it, that's the, another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the in-person stuff. It's a lot easier, I think, to right. to, to do a show when you can actually talk to somebody and and like face to face. And when Zoom doesn't crap out on you. Yeah, because you were just finishing that note and I was just like, oh, he's back on. What were you saying? Uh, yeah, that, that kills the uh, vibe. Hey, but you know what? Better days are ahead. In the, in the words of, of Bill Belichick, go, 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 go bees. Go, there, yeah, they were all wearing the hats uh, Saturday. Or Sunday, excuse me, the day after the, the, day after the uh, game. Yeah. Bill's always had that. Like he called. I remember if you watch a football life about him, he uh, he called Terry Francona ahead of the uh, whatever playoff series they were at that uh, at that point in time. Mm. But go go bees go bees Bruins. <laughs> I saw Masala tweeted that out that video. <laughs> very very That's, good video. That video is awesome. I I haven't. I don't think I've gotten a like on it yet today though. Really, I usually get I one whenever they, whenever on the uh, on the Instagram. You got to go way back or just look up the hashtag. Yeah, I don't even know what I. Yeah, two days ago was the last time I got likes on it, which was last time they played. But no. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Nick Mar. You can check him out on the uh, Moving the Goal Posts podcast with uh, Mike Masala. And yes. uh, what's, yes. your tw- what's your Twitter handle? Nick Mara uh, 94, but is there an underscore in there? Uh, it's just at Nick Mara 94. I had to double check this morning because I had forgotten about it because in my mind, I was thinking about all the burner accounts that I have and <laughs> was tr- no, I'm- just tweeting at random Patriots players. Yeah, I'm lives. like half joking. Yeah. <laughs> Spike King 2.0. Yeah. But yeah, they just, at, they don't at, know who you are. You're doing it the smart Nick, way. At Nick Mara 94 on Twitter and Instagram though. And, uh, and, if you wanted to check out the Moving the Goalpost podcast, you can uh, can check those out on at Moving the Posts, also on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, be on the lookout for that Loki podcast, June 9th. Can't wait. I'm interested. I am hearing good stuff. It's going to be more WandaVision-ish with like the mystery and what the hell is going to happen. But that's another conversation for another podcast that you're going to have to listen to right after you listen to this one. Yes. So, uh, That's going to do it. He's Nick Mara. I'm Andrew Meehan, and we will see you back here at some point.